Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, I am talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the Apostle to the Gentiles, I make much of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. Do you have a walk with Jesus that arouses envy in others? Do others look at your zeal for Jesus and your love for Jesus and your relationship with Jesus and desire to know him and walk with him more because of you? Are others envious of your walk with Jesus? Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 11 and look at this incredible responsibility of drawing others to Jesus Christ through our relationship with him. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Saturday morning. It's still morning here in Texas. It's 1147 a.m. And uh, man, just to be just excited to be back talking about Jesus. We uh, Stephen and I and Nathan, we're, uh, we get ahead on the teachings. We try to get four, five, six ahead. So in case I'm out of town or or one of us is is, is not available that, you know, we have the steady stream of them you know, coming out so you can expect two teachings a week. And uh, so May and I had been gone. We went up to uh, to the Northeast there to Connecticut for my for my mother's uh, celebration of life. Um, and that went well. And just uh, the family getting together and, uh, you know, just celebrating her life. And it was nice to bring to bring Jesus into that. My, my family expects it, but I'm um, you know, we're always trying to bring more Jesus. All of us, when we're with our family and with our friends and our colleagues, uh, really the, the mission of our life is to bring more Jesus into all of it, right? It's the meaning of life. So thank you, Lord Jesus. So yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, man, it's been like 10 days, rarely. I mean, in the last, what, golly, four years, um, rarely has it has it ever been ten days where we where we haven't done a teaching in the last really three years anyway. In the beginning, we used to do them every two weeks, right, Stephen? So uh, then, after the first year, we started doing them, uh, golly, twice a week. So we went from once every two weeks to twice a week. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Well, we're going to continue in uh, in Romans here. Um, uh, Lord willing, we'll do Romans eleven verses. 11 to 24 today, which will, will give us, what, uh, three three teachings for chapter 11. Man, it's just been good. It's been big, right? Uh, just the whole book of Romans, overwhelming, man. Just just exciting as I was studying and preparing for this the last few days. And uh, Stephen has had had family in town, his mom and his brother. And so they've been, they've been having family. So I had a little extra time to, to study. And man, it's just been good stuff. So... Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our Bible. We thank you, Father, for the the living word of God. And above all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the, the living word of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for willingly becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf that we deserve to die. 
And we thank you, Lord, that you're alive and risen. And we worship you today and we love you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to lead us and guide us as we open your word in the book of Romans. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, Romans 11, we're going to start in verse 11 and uh, we'll go to 24. Paul speaking, again I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fullness bring? I am talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I make much of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, from the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in, granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own <clears throat> olive tree? Whew! <clears throat> Golly, thank you, Lord Jesus. Just, just when you read that, do you just see the reason in it, Corinne? Do you see the, the weight in it pop? Do you just, wow, it's just big, right, May? Golly, just reading those, those verses, 11 to 24, just the, the argument Paul is making. Remember now, again, we're dealing with Israel in chapters 9, 10, and 11. And now Paul is, is dealing with the, you know, with the concern or the question of, you know, has Israel now, because they have rejected Christ almost entirely, the, the 99 whatever percent of Jews had rejected Jesus as the Messiah, and so now were they completely cut off with no hope of return? And, and what would that look like is what Paul is dealing with. And he gives this, you know, this incredible metaphor of a, you know, of a tree and branches being cut off. And he, and he calls all of us are, he calls all of us that are, uh, that are non-Jews, just, just wild by nature. Right. Uh, which is pretty good. Um, you know, he calls us a wild olive shoot, right? As Gentiles, meaning that, you know, it's it's the Jews. It was the Israelites, the Jewish people 
who had been called by God, who had been given the, the word of God, who had been given the great fathers, the great patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and Moses, and David, and all the great fathers of the faith who were, you know, they were given, uh, you know, the word of God. They were given the Ten Commandments. They were given the prophets, uh, the you know, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Malachi, Jonah, and on and on and on and on and on, right? Um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the great prophet Samuel, right? They were given all of these things. And, and, and all of these writers pointed to Christ, right? That the Messiah was coming. But now, now Israel rejected the Messiah. Again, they weren't looking for a suffering servant, right, May? Uh, regrettably, Israel was looking for a conquering king. Now, Jesus will come in his second coming as a conquering king. But in his, in his first coming, he had to come and to suffer and to give his life in service to our heavenly father for the forgiveness of the sins of the world and the salvation of all who would receive him, right? Wow, Nathan, that's big. Whew. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, verse 11. Paul says in verse 11, again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? So Paul asking the question, so they, they stumbled, but they haven't fallen, right? When we stumble sometimes, when we stumble, blah, 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 blah right? but we don't fall, right? So he's saying, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? And he answers his own question, not at all, okay? So no, they've stumbled, but they have not fallen to a place where they cannot repent and by faith receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Again, speaking about the Jews and the Israelites, even up to this day, right? Paul says, not at all. So no, they have not stumbled so as to fall beyond recovery, not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. Okay, so what is their transgression? Their transgression is the rejection of Jesus, denying Jesus, saying, <clears throat> we don't believe in you, Jesus, not receiving Jesus Christ by faith, rejecting Jesus is their transgression, is their sin, okay? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, because the Jews rejected Jesus, and it is a sin, by the way. You see, it's called a, a transgression. To not believe in Jesus is a sin. To not take the word of God, the Bible, on its face and to call it true is sin. And that's, that's not something we often think about. It's not something I often think about, right? That, that not believing the word of God. Now, again, I'm not talking about earnest questions here. Every single one of us ought to be given our lives to spending more time in the word of God. And we are encouraged. I said before, the very nature of relationship is when we ask questions and pray and we pray to our heavenly father and to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You could pray to any member of the Trinity. Okay, they're all God, one being, three separate individual persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Don't pray to anyone else or anything else, okay? God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, and it's always in and through Jesus. We always pray in Jesus' name, which is to say we're not praying in our own name or in our own merit or in our own righteousness, right? Wow. But he says... That, uh, that, that because of their 
sin in rejecting Jesus. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. And he gives the reason to make Israel envious. So because the Jews didn't want the Savior, our Heavenly Father opened it up to the whole world. So now that Israel rejected their personal Savior, Jesus is Jewish. He came, the scripture says, to save the Jews primarily and first, but they didn't want it. So boom, since they didn't want the gospel, the Jews kept rejecting it. Boom, Paul went out and he started sharing it with Gentiles. And a Gentile is anyone who's not Jewish. And they received it. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. Again, a Gentile is anyone who's not Jewish in the world. Remember, in the Bible, there's two kinds of people, Jews and those who are not Jews and they're Gentiles. Salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. So the Jews should be looking at the church, looking at the power of the church, right, Pop? Looking at just the, the force of the church, and they should be like, golly, I'm so envious. I want you, Jesus. Regrettably, that's not what's, what's happening, is it? All right? And Father, I ask you to forgive us. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive us, Father, as a church where we have failed to make the Jews envious. Help us, Holy Spirit. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Help us to have a lifestyle in living and speaking in our zeal for Christ that those who don't know Jesus would want him. Wow. Verse 12, but if their transgression means riches for the world, if Israel's sin in rejecting Jesus opened up the world to the riches of Jesus, and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, because the Jews rejected Jesus, the riches of Christ came to the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fullness bring? If we have all this riches in Christ, if we've given, been given all these blessings in Christ, but we ought to be out evangelizing as many Jews as we can, because when they begin to receive Christ, and when the fullness of the Jews come in and they will come in and receive Christ, I mean, bam, I mean, riches will be unlocked that we can't even imagine. I mean, we have riches in Christ now, but the extra blessings, this has nothing to do with coming to salvation, but just, just the greater all, the greater overall power and blessings of the fullness of the church when all Israel comes in will be, will just be exciting. So let's start living a little more, and I'm talking to myself here, to, to make Israel envious. Golly, is good to be back in the Word of God. Like I said, you wouldn't know because as the teachings are ahead, but we haven't done this for 10 days, so it's exciting. Verse 13, I am talking to you Gentiles. <laughs> Paul, let you know that we don't speak like that. I am talking to you Gentiles, right? Um, <laughs> Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I make much of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. There it is again, right? So Paul was called by Jesus personally in Acts 9. Jesus himself speaks to Paul, appoints him as an apostle, but he's going to be the apostle because Paul went to the Jews, but they kept rejecting him. So now Jesus has made him an apostle to the Gentiles. Peter primarily went to the Jews and was, was, you know, was at times rejected, but often, you know, uh, you know, they would receive him in different groups in different places and things like that. And Peter went to Gentiles too, right? He went to Cornelius's house. Um, but, uh, um, but Paul says, you know, 
I am an, in as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. So yes, Jesus called me to preach to the Gentiles. I make much of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. So again, these are the very people that had rejected Paul, right, Susan? These are the people, Becky, that had persecuted Paul. They tried to kill him. They tried to stop him from spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet Paul says, I make much of my ministry, much, not a little bit, in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. So again, Paul's life, when you looked at Paul, when you looked at his walk with Christ, when you looked at the the love for Christ that Paul had, when you looked at the character of Christ that Paul had, and when you saw the power of the walk of the Apostle Paul, that should make you want what he has. And all that Paul has is available to all of us, which is Jesus. And this ought to be our, our motto, right? We ought to be living to arouse our own people, our own family, our own friends, our own colleagues, everyone around us to arouse them to envy that they may be saved, to be used to save some of them. What does Paul mean, uh, arouse my own people envy, he and save some of them? Is it Paul who saves them? No, but there are different instruments of, of salvation, right? Certainly the, the main instrument is, is, is our triune God, working in salvation, right? They get all the credit for it, but Lord, the Lord also uses us, right? Paul is not saying that he personally died for them, but he's simply making the point that, you know, he makes his ministry that the instrument God would use to lead them to the gospel, right, would be him. Verse 15, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Okay, so again, if if, if Israel's rejection of Christ brought about the reconciliation of the rest of the Gentile world, right? The whole world now has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, almost entirely Gentiles, right? And billions have received Christ. If that's what happened by their rejection, what will their acceptance be but, but resurrection life from the dead, right? You know, it's again... There's sometimes there's a misunderstanding in the church that that even if you're Jewish, without Jesus Christ, the wrath of God is on you like it is anyone else. Even if you're born Jewish, you need a savior that that the scripture is clear. All human beings. Chapter two of this book in Romans um, made it clear. Right, Lauren, that uh, everyone is sinful. Uh, uh, Jews are sinful. Gentiles are sinful. Uh, chapter one and two in Romans, all of us, chapter three, are are under sin and under the wrath of God. And without a Savior, without Jesus Christ, if we have not received and trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, you're still under the wrath of God and only an eternity in hell separated from him awaits. So everyone in the world, all eight billion people in the world need Jesus, Right. Verse 16, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. What is he talking about here? Who are the, what is the part of the dough offered as the first fruits? So it's probably speaking about the first people to believe uh, the apostles, right? We're all Jews. Okay, that's what it's probably speaking about. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits of holy, 
and the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So, you know, who were the, the first fruits of what Jesus did? Well, they're the apostles, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the 12 disciples that walked with Jesus, the apostle Paul, right? The early Christians, right? The apostles who wrote the scriptures are the first fruits. Now, some scholars believe that, that, that when he says here, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, he's talking about the great patriarchs and fathers of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Um, but again, it seems to, you know, the, the flow of it seems to, to make more sense that he's speaking of the first fruits as those first Christians. If the, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, if, if the first of the Jews did receive Jesus Christ when it was presented, then the whole batch is holy. Then ultimately from those Jews, ultimately the whole Jewish nation will at some point come to receive Jesus as Savior. If the root is holy, so are the branches. Verse 17, if some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, I love that, the Gentiles were just wild olive shoots, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, right? Do not boast over those branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So uh, Paul has this metaphor of a tree here, right? And because, you know, there was this beautiful tree of God, again, um, and, and this is not talking about salvation here. Paul's just using a, a, a metaphor of the chosen people of God, this beautiful tree, which was all Jewish. And if some of the branches have been broken off and they were broken off because of unbelief, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and scholars say, as I was studying for this, that there was a process of, of breaking branches off and, and, and grafting them into trees and that's perhaps some of Paul's language here. And, but you would not do this with this kind of tree. And they're saying that's what Paul's point is, that this is such a, a remarkable miracle that, you know, that with an olive tree, you would never graft another tree's branches into it. But that's what God has done, that, that he's opened up this, this, this beautiful tree representing the, you know, the believers that are saved that, you know, of all believers, taken out those that that are not believers, those that have rejected Christ, those that are in unbelief, is the only reason you're broken off is when you don't believe, believe in Jesus. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nursing sap of the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So again, Paul was concerned that the Gentiles now would be arrogant, right? He's actually going to say that, um, you know, down in verse 20, right? Look at verse 19. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Verse 20, granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but be afraid for if God did not spare the natural branches, it will not spare you either. Wow. Okay, so there it is. So natural Israel, the natural branches in God's tree, right, of his chosen people, Israel, they were not spared. When they rejected Christ, when they remained in unbelief, they were broken off and, you know, and, and burnt, right? They, 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 they were broken off and, and destroyed, 
right? And so when, again, this is a big deal. And so Paul is using this incredible metaphorical language here. And he's telling the Gentiles that don't be arrogant. Don't now be boasting over Israel. Don't, don't, don't puff your chest out and, and start boasting over the Jews as if you're superior, okay? All of us are sinful. All of us need a savior. And if we believe in Jesus Christ today, we need to be, we need to be on our face in thanksgiving for all that's been done for us and for the grace that we do understand and believe and, and know the gospel and consistently be praying for those who don't. You will say then branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, that's what God did in this, in this example, right? Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. So again, you have this beautiful tree where everyone should have believed, but when you rejected Christ, the branch was broken off, but they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith. So we were grafted into this tree now. So the, the tree, again, is a tree of life that's being supported in Christ. And it's, it's all in Christ. We're all connected to Christ. We're the, the body of Christ, right? Kristen is, is powerful. Wow. And so we're all in this tree. If, 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 if you have this massive tree, anyone who doesn't believe is broken off and all believers are grafted in, right? And you stand by faith. So it's by faith in Christ that we stand grafted into this tree. And Paul says, do not be arrogant, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. What does that mean? Well, that means if, if at some point you decide, you know what? Yeah, I don't believe in that Jesus anymore. Right, Scott? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I need Jesus to save me anymore. Yeah, the whole thing about Jesus coming and living a perfect life and dying that torturous death and being raised from the dead. Yeah, I don't have faith in that anymore. Well, then, then you, you or I won't be spared either, okay? So we want to, in humility, just continue to study the Word of God, read the Word of God. We want to be in prayer and fellowship and community. For if God did not spare the natural branches, okay? The natural chosen people of Israel, when they rejected Christ, they weren't spared. They weren't spared in eternity in hell and separation from God. He will not spare you either. Again, we just again, the only reason we wouldn't be spared is if we reject Christ as they did, right? Anyone who's rejected Christ won't be spared. It's powerful. Verse 22. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Now look at these two attributes of God. We all like the kindness of God, don't we? I mean, it's the kindness of God that's that's wonderful. And it really is, right, Wendy? Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. So, you know, we need to preach both, right? And sometimes I can, you know, uh, the church does a fairly good job in, in teaching about the love of our Father and um, all of his kindness, right? But we also need to talk about, you know, his sternness. And, and sometimes I can be in balance. Sometimes I can go a little bit more to the sternness. But it's both. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. How much time do you spend considering the kindness of God? And how much time do you spend considering the sternness of God? Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell. The Jews who were in unbelief, who rejected Christ. He was stern and cut them off. But kindness to you. 
Those of us who have genuinely received Christ are trusting in Jesus, who are standing in faith, believing and trusting in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, deliverance from the wrath of God and eternal hell and to go to heaven when we die, right? Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. What does that mean? That means you continue in believing in the kindness of God that your salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Okay, That's what it means to continue in his kindness, to understand that we are hopeless, helpless, desperate sinners, and that God himself, God the Son, became a human man, lived for us, died for us, and rose from the dead. And we need to continue in that humility, knowing that only in Christ are we forgiven of our sin and spend eternity in heaven. If we don't continue in that, 22, otherwise you also will be cut off. Verse 23, and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Wow. So there it is. Every Jew today, every person in Israel, everyone all over the world who is Jewish, here's the blessing. Verse 23, Romans 11, if they and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in for God is able to graft them in again. Now, again, this is not this is speaking again about Israel. This is not speaking about someone who goes in and out of unbelief. Right. But it's, it's simply this is speaking about that if if the Jews and the Jews all over the world today do not persist in unbelief, do not persist in rejecting Jesus as Savior, do not persist in denying that Jesus Christ is Lord, is Lord of all, that he's God and he became a human man and lived for them and died for them and has been raised from the dead. If they don't persist in unbelief but receive Christ, and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in again. They'll go back into this tree, right? For God is able to graft them in again. Verse 24, after all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, we were not natural. We were Gentiles. Uh, we weren't given all the privileges the Jews were given, right? After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree. And again, scholars were saying this is not something you would do. It's contrary to nature. And that's what Paul is saying, how amazing this is. In contrary to nature, we're grafted into a cultivated olive tree. How much more readily will these, the natural branches, the Jews, the chosen people of God, be grafted into their own olive tree? Whew! Wow. Golly, Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, we do lift up your people. We do lift up the Jewish people and we pray for your mercy on them. Father, we pray that they would all, along with all people and all over the world, would come to faith in Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray that, that, that all of these would be saved so that you could come. We pray, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Our desire for you is to come and to come back, Lord that you would rule on this earth. Lord, we know you're the Lord and ruler of heaven and earth, but we desire for you to come. Father, have mercy on your people. Draw them unto you along with all Gentiles that don't know you, that Jews and Gentiles one, that we all might be saved and come to know Jesus and be forgiven of our sin and spend eternity with you. 
Lord Jesus, we worship you and thank you and praise you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.